And I literally, I did not know that my grandfather, George, was one of 14 children. I did not even know that because I hadn't even looked at this document, you know, that this, that this wonderful woman had passed along to me. And I hadn't even taken the time to look at all those years ago. to Unsettled, Journeys in Truth and Conciliation, a podcast of ideas, solutions, and respectful conversations. I'm Jessica Vandenberg, and my co-host is George Lee. Okay, so we're trying something new this time, a mini-episode in which Jessica and I catch up a little bit on our lives and, of course, our truth and conciliation journeys. We hope you enjoy it. It is always a great honor, George, to be asked to acknowledge the land we stand on and the peoples of this land. Currently, I'm situated on the traditional territory of Treaty 6, and we stand upon a land that carries the footsteps of and hearts of many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people that have been here for thousands of years and many generations. And I'd like to acknowledge our and their relationship to Mother Earth. It is an interconnected relationship as we're all relations and have an obligation to respect that this land has nourished and healed, protected and embraced us. And we are grateful to the Indigenous peoples that have been stewards of this interconnected relationship. We are all relations and as such, we all respect each other in our beliefs, but also our own individual relationships with Mother Earth. And so from my heart and spirit to yours and all those who are listening, I'd like to open up this podcast in a good way. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you too. I'm always excited to um, talk about our podcast and and help move it forward. Jessica, um, I was really inspired by one thing our last guest talked about, and that was, uh, you know, he was talking, I I made the comment that I have so little commitment to my own ancestry compared to the kind of commitment he's shown and that a lot of Indigenous peoples show towards their ancestry. So, and, and that really to me really speaks a lot of individualism versus collectivism and community versus individualism and ego. I mean, it speaks to a lot of things and it speaks to a lot of things in my own journey and I consider it a bit of a gap in my own life. So, so as it happened, I was, I was out, in the, out in the Kootenays where my son, before things really locked down again in BC, had a small concert and it, and it was fun. And one of the things he did was he he performed a couple of Irish songs with a with a retired school teacher, which was which was super cool. So I was talking to my other son about that the next day or later that day, and I was saying, yeah, you know, there's something about those Irish songs. And I said, and I don't know whether it's about our heritage. And he just looks at me and he said, Well, I don't know anything about our Irish heritage. Like, you know, I know on mom's side we've got some French and some some Swedish and this and that, but I didn't know anything about this. And I said, oh yeah, yeah of course you did, you know, you know, you know, and <laughs> no, I didn't. And, and so then my, uh, the mother of my children, my ex-wife said, said, well, George, I've got some, some family tree stuff of yours that I really want to share with you there, or that I want to pass along to you because it's really more important to you than, than me. And I, you know, she's going through stuff. And I said, yeah, let me have a look at it. And I didn't even remember this. And we had sat with a, a relative of mine back in Vancouver at a, a wedding of a cousin. And one of these 
very old aunties, like she was probably in her 90s at the time, living in a, in a nursing home, and she had come out to this wedding, and, and I sat at the same, my, my, my ex and our little baby, Stephen, uh, whose who's actual first name is George, sat at a table with her, and she said, I'm, uh, I'm going to send you this stuff. So this package came. I took this package with me to Revelstoke, which by then my, my youngest son was working on a project in Revelstoke. So we met up in Revelstoke and we sat down and between the internet and going through this stuff, we just had this wonderful exploration that led all the way back to, to Ireland, which is, which is just incredible. So I'll just give you some of the highlights of it. So my grandfather, who I always knew had fought in World War I and was also named George. So he was one of 14 children he was born in Manitoba. My dad was born in Saskatchewan. So this is this gradual moving west of the family. And so he was a surgeon. And I think he, I don't know whether he ever practiced as a surgeon, but he had fought in World War I. Joe and I found his original registration. So he went in as a lieutenant, uh, pro probably because he had a Bachelor of Arts at that point put down his occupation as a teacher. And it's just like, and then there's the handwriting I recognize from my dad, you know, passed along. And I, this is like available on the internet. It's just there, the registration of everybody from World War I. It lives on the internet now. So found that actual document, went from, and when it went from the family tree, and one of the things my auntie said in the letter is that there was a George back in Ireland. Like I just said, well, let's Google Lee's County Wicklow just uh, just right around Dublin. So here's the story of George. Great, great, great grandfather in Ireland. George was the gameskeeper at this big estate owned by somebody named Hawkins. Hawkins had a daughter named Charlotte. So this is the classic tale, eh? Here's the hired guy. And this is in the 1700s. He was born in 1776 or something. So early 1800s. So George it, and Charlotte get married. The state owner isn't too wild about that, apparently, or so the scuttlebutt goes. And then George and Charlotte move to Dublin and have nine children, one of whom is Robert. Then right around 1840, so this is right before the potato famine, and, but, you know, there were economic situations there. I mean, there were a lot of reasons to leave. Lock, stock, and barrel, they all moved. Some of them married. I don't know whether there were any kids. So George and Robert, Robert being my great-great-grandfather, moved to Ontario. And then they basically spread west. Some people stayed in Ontario, and they basically spread west. Eventually with my grandfather, whose father would have been another one of the Georges, was probably a farmer. Uh, I think George was a farmer. And then, then there was this George. So then he's this... I don't know, like, like he must have been super smart because he gets back from the war uh, where he was in a machine gun uh, regiment, gets back from the war. My son Joe's a bit of a war buff, so he wants to find out which battles and everything. Uh, gets back to um, uh, Canada, uh, goes off and studies in both Edinburgh and Vienna, which are real centers for surgery. So studies there and comes back and I don't know whether he was ever actually a surgeon. I've got to find that out. But I think he just did a general practice. And my dad was born in Saskatchewan. And then, and then along it went from there. So anyway, it was fascinating. And it was so fun to do that exploratory work with my son and the internet, you know, with my, with my youngest son, Joe. And, and I had, and I literally, I did not know that my grandfather, George, 
was one of 14 children. I did not even know that because I hadn't even looked at this document, you know, that this, that this wonderful woman had passed along to me. And I hadn't even taken the time to look at all those years ago. So that's my little ancestry, George's journey story for today. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. And I'm glad you're taking the time to find your roots and find your seven generations back, as it, so to speak, <laughs> for you. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. It does make me think, though, um, and kind of the bit of the update from my end, too, kind of relates to it, is that as an adopted person, like, I'm glad you have places that you can find that information. But for me, it's still an unknown, right? I don't know where to find that information. And um, it's a little bit harder because, because I know in the end of that story, I was chosen to not be part of that family. So it, it's mixed feelings yeah. about it, right? Yeah. 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 And it kind of relates to, um, so I, I had, uh, since the last time we spoke, actually, my, my birth sister reached out because she's working for the band office in the north. Um, and as you know, I've met my birth family, but uh, I'm walking slowly with that relationship just uh, to process everything and, and uh, for that reason. Um, and I don't know if I shared with you either, uh, but my, I, the family let me know as well that my birth father passed away did I tell you that I don't you remember. did mention that yes yeah yes. yeah so that that's been on my mind a little bit as well but my um my birth sister uh reached out because um she found me in the band registry under my original name that I was born with and she asked oh when's your birthday and so I told her what it was but the date on the on the record in the band registry is not the date of my birthday. So it's the name I was born under by a different birthday. And so then it makes me think, well, maybe my, I don't actually know when my birthday is. <laughs> and I'm like, have I been celebrating the wrong day for all my oh, life? Oh, that's and fascinating. Like, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to think back on that. And then to think for the indigenous people's journeys, like you're expected to have the, the paperwork and the documentation. Like, I, like you can go back and trace your ancestries through stories and things like that. But the government isn't demanding those documents. But for Indigenous people, we also trace it back. But then we also have to show documentation, um, which, is, which gets harder as you go back, especially during the war and people moving around and all that, when we know um, documentation uh, wasn't... Um, as easy back then as it is now not that it's easy now but the oral history of so many indigenous families as well and that being interrupted through assimilation and forced assimilation must have just been kind of this this line gets drawn in your in your personal history that it must be really hard to get to the other side of yeah and it's very different and then um, for my uh, adopted family I know my mom my one of my mom's relatives in Germany um, traced back the family history um, and so when she passed away um, dad gave it to me for safekeeping but it's written in German <laughs> so I can't <laughs> I can't even understand what it says <laughs> but, but apparently I have the documents of, of some of our ancestry for my adopted family so it's still that is also an unknown just because of the language yeah. barrier. <laughs> have fun typing that into Google Translate that's all yeah. I've got to say. <laughs> So the ancestry piece is always an interesting one, but I think it is worthwhile for people to know where they have come from. Yeah, yeah. 
That's interesting. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, thank, thanks for, for sharing and responding in that way. I guess I was so excited about my own enthusiasm about this that I hadn't really actually thought the full implications of your journey of ancestry must be a lot more difficult than mine is because I was just blown away <laughs> by mine that it was there. It was just, you know, but, but that's, the, that's the reason, but that's the reason for this podcast, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that's great. Listening to Unsettled Journeys in Truth and Conciliation, a podcast of stories, hope, insights, and ideas. I'm George Lee. My co-host is Jessica Vandenberg. Anything else happened in your life since the last time we've spoken? No, just mainly work and COVID and <laughs> schools and, <laughs> and, and main life stresses. But I am super excited that we have a logo. That is, that is an yes. exciting thing for the podcast. Yeah, we do have this logo, and we and, and we we designed it with uh, with a settler and uh, an indigenous person, and and we're able to come up with with our logo. So, which allowed us to list on Apple and other places. So it's really cool to be able to search in Spotify and there we are. <laughs> it is. It's just amazing. I've, um, it makes it feel so official. <laughs> yes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It does. And yeah. it's the same. We had the, the fortune of um, Nicole to reach out from Superstar Magazine as well and that they yeah, Superstar they X Magazine. And uh, yeah, so how was that for you? That was exciting. I mean, it's it's exciting when someone finds what you're doing interesting enough to want to tell the world about it. Because <laughs> yeah. I know I know the podcast is interesting to you and I for sure, but um, to find other people that are just such wonderful allies for us is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And she's fairly new too. Her publication is fairly new as well. So I can kind of envision us kind of growing in tandem and keeping track of each other's uh stories in 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 media as we as we as we move along so um when i worked previously for urban systems as an indigenous community consultant one of the um, partnerships we're exploring was with the engineering change lab and so uh, the perception of engineers sometimes is that of technical people you know doing the technical calculations uh losing a little bit about um engineers uh, not always keeping in mind the impact on people and environment and, and social change and things like that. And so the Engineering Change Lab is kind of a, a, a think pot of where, how can we also um, change the perception uh, and train engineers so that they are also associated with social mindedness and sustainability and, and things like that. And so um, Engineering Change Lab was hosting uh, a conference um, at Trent University in Peterborough, Ontario. And so I was invited to go on behalf of Urban Systems. And so this was Indigenous focused. And so it was um, three or four days, I can't remember, um, of uh, working with the elders, uh, going through ceremony, talking with each other, sharing circles, in order to kind of brainstorm um, how to tie Indigenous 
worldviews as well into the practice of engineering. And so that's something that's on the minds of many people in this nation. So it was very um, relevant. Um, and so Nicole was part of that. And so we went through the, the whole weekend together. I knew a number of people there as well as coincidentally, my partner is from Peterborough. So I also spent, got to spend time with his family. Um, so Nicole and I didn't really chat too much throughout the workshop, but at the very end, we had a closing circle. So it was uh, elder led circle and, and we went through our, our ceremony and sharing. At the end of that circle, for some reason, um, I just felt something in my gut say, you know, go over to that lady across the circle um, and give her your bracelet. And, and at that time I was wearing a bracelet um, that I had gotten from a trip to Hawaii and it had all the elements on it to represent the, the planetary system. And so I thought it was a neat bracelet. And, and so I went over to her and I said, um, I'd like you to have this bracelet. <laughs> and she was, she was just kind of floored. She's just kind of looking at me and, she's, <laughs> and she, she knew me because of what I was sharing in the circle about the impact and, and uh, my thoughts and journey and things like that. And she said she'd love to take the bracelet. And then she reached into her bag and said, oh, I brought these journals um, that my brother has done the artistry on. Um, and I'd like to gift you back something. And I said, oh, wow. that's very kind of you. And so then she gave me this journal. And then our ways parted, right? Uh, and, and I hadn't heard from her again. And I, I don't, uh, I know she resides in the East and I reside in the West. So our past didn't really cross. And so I am a big journaler, just as part of my healing journey. And so I, I journaled in the journal and filled it all up and everything. And then um, when she reached out to us about the magazine, I made the connection um, that it was the artist uh, was her brother, who, as you know, from Superstar X Magazine in the, in the volume one, um, has his own mental journey, mental challenges journey to go through. But he draws these beautiful pieces of art. And it was yes. on the I have so it was it was just a, a funny interconnectedness story that I thought was interesting that now she reached out and, and we ended up in her magazine talking about this podcast but I'm really looking forward to reading the entire issue that, that we're in too because again there just seemed to be some really fascinating uh, fascinating and very inclusive things in it that really match the vibe that we're trying to capture with this uh, with this podcast listening to Unsettled, Journeys in Truth and Conciliation, a podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers, undermining stereotypes, and fighting racism. I'm Jessica Vandenberg, and my co-host is George Lee. told you this in a, I think I did tell you this in a in a text but one friend just was was has actually from the library she's ordered four books based on on Matt's interview and one of the things she said was she said oh yeah you know and I started the podcast and then I saw that he was a minister and I thought oh no here we go <laughs> <laughs> and she said boy was I ever wrong <laughs> she said she was just so blown away uh, by by Matthew and and it, 
there is so much within that interview and I know it's quite long and I hope more people listen to that one because, uh, because he's just a, as we've said before, just a fascinating person with just all kinds of perspective on all kinds of different things. And it was just a, just, you know, each time I dig through it because I am going to put together some notes for Facebook and, and it, it comes down to like, I don't know whether you call them citations or annotations or course notes or, but there's just so much richness in everything he says, you know, that, that might be like two or three sentences he says in the podcast, you can dig down into what he's talking about. And it's a whole other world of information that he's, that he's, that has bubbled to the surface during, uh, during the, the interview he had with us. So that was really fascinating for me. It's very true. And I received some feedback too, um, from another former colleague from Apega. Do you remember Wati? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So she sent me a note and I'm just going to read it to you, which okay. she wrote to me. So she said, um, Hi, Jessica. Uh, I've always looked up to you, and I'm so excited about the podcast that you're co-hosting with George. As an immigrant who is also a marginalized Native minority in Singapore, I resonate so much with the struggles and aspirations of Indigenous peoples in Canada. I have done my fair share in conciliation work, from helping to organize a TRC reading group, taking part in a blanket exercise, etc. As an immigrant to this land, my view on conciliation is that of learning, service, and inclusion. I remarried recently and at our wedding, I thought it wasn't enough to make a treaty acknowledgement. So I invited my Blackfoot friend to open the ceremony with Romaine and she sang the warrior song for us. And that is my vision for conciliation. Is that ever beautiful? That you know, is beautiful. You know, we've really set this up as, as, a, as, as, a, as a settler and indigenous person podcast, but ultimately, first of all, everybody, everybody's history goes back to being indigenous somewhere as, as Matt mentioned during his, during his interview. Like I don't consider recent immigrants. I don't think of them as settlers. They're another type, not that we need all these definitions, but, but it seems that we need to include their story and how they identify with conciliation in Canada. And that's a, what the story you've told is a great example of that. Unsettled, Journeys in Truth and Conciliation is a production of Features West Studios in Edmonton, Alberta. Co-hosts Jessica Vandenberg and me, George Lee. Music by Kevin John member of the Cayuca Chekhlizit First Nation on Vancouver Island. Logo conceived and designed by Corrine Riedel and Sandy Brown Van Dam. We're available now through Apple, Spotify, and other major podcatchers. Another popular way to listen to us is through our SoundCloud account, Unsettled Journeys, CapU, CapJ, No Space. Visit and like us on Facebook and Instagram, where you'll find announcements about the podcast and other related content. Read about the podcast in the current issue of Superstar X Magazine, a celebration of all things inclusive. Thanks for listening to our first mini-episode. Have a joyous holiday season. Keep your distance, 
but in a warm and happy way. <laughs>